Hey, you guys, what is going on? Welcome to the camera ads 10 mother effing pounds. That's right. What's up, guys? I'm your host, Peter Sirs. You're welcome. And uh, before we start, you guys know what I got to do. I got to talk about my sponsors. If you're listening to this, first of all, I fucked up already. I don't care. Um, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave me a review. I appreciate it. I really do. Um, and this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Performa.com. That's right, Performa. They have all of your fitness accessory needs. If you want meal prep bags, meal prep containers, um, shaker cups, workout towels, wrist straps, wrist straps, all that stuff. If you want that, go to Performa.com, enter the promo code 10 pounds, that's the word 10, the word pounds, and you will save 15% off your order. Tell them Peter sent you. And this podcast is also brought to you by my good friends at Bucked Up Supplements, you guys. Bucked Up, I, I okay. You, this is my promise, okay? As my podcast continues to grow, um, which it is, I promise to only partner with brands that I believe in, okay? You're not going to see me trying to sell you some fucking bullshit like fucking ZipRecruiter and fucking whatever. I mean, I just gave him a shout out, but like, I'm not going to promote some fucking bullshit company. Anything that I partner with is going to be something that I believe in. And I believe in Bucked Up, you guys. Um, I started with their pre-workouts. Now I take a bunch of their other supplements. Anything that you need for your fitness goals, supplement-wise, they have vitamins, protein powders, pre-workout, post-workout, intra-workout, creatine, glutamine, just everything that you need. Um, go to Bucked Up. They have it. Go to BuckedUp.com. Enter promo code 10POUNDS. That's the number 10, the word pounds, and you will save 20% off your order. Tell them I sent you also. And also, you guys, um, I'm going to be honest. Their sample packs are the shit, dude, because you get, like, pre-workouts, or you even get, uh, like, some of their energy drinks, which are fucking great, by the way. If you like Rockstar, fucking drink a bucked up energy drink, and your mind will be fucking blown, okay? Um, I would say go to Walmart and get some, because they have them there, but just use my fucking promo code, dick. Why would you give money to Sam Walton? He doesn't need any more fucking money. Give it to me. <laughs> I need it. I do. Uh, but anyway, go to buckedup.com. Enter promo code 10 pounds, the number 10, the word pound. You'll save 20% off your order. You're welcome. Um, let's do this, you guys. As always, I would like to start off. Well, not always. I fuck up sometimes, but uh, here we go. Uh, you created a monster. created a monster bitch let's go let's go you created a monster that's right sing that shit bones so that is uh sorry that is uh the artist known as bones spelled b-o-h-n-e-s and 
He's got some good music, man. I've played a couple of his songs on here before. You know, you know me. I'm always looking for good workout songs. And since this is a fitness health themed podcast, it is still. Even though sometimes I just talk about whatever. It's fucking. It's my podcast. I can do what I want. But um, check it out. It's called "You've Created a Monster," obviously. And uh, that's like I said, that's bones. So you're welcome. I always try to. I mean, I I, I forget sometimes, but. You know, if you're looking for something new for your playlist, there you go. Let me. I want. To, I want to hear that hook really quick though. One more time. You've created a monster. Uh, this shit fucking hits. I tell you that. Uh, uh, uh. You've created a monster. All right, all right, bones. We got it. <laughs> so, uh, hello, you guys. Um, again, I'll start off by saying. Thank you from the absolute bottom of my heart for watching my special, I Know What You Did Last Quarantine. Um, We're up to a little bit over 600 now, which, I mean, it's whatever, you know. Will it go viral? I hope so. Will I kill myself if it doesn't? Probably. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, I put it out there, man. It's it's gonna it's gonna help me get some more work for sure. And honestly, that's really all I can ask for. And I know I talked about it last week, but uh the person that has produced some comedy specials that are not as good as mine has watched it and has you know, maybe like some of my posts related to the special and clips that I posted. So it is what it is, man. The thing is, you guys, is, uh, you know, I, I know I talked about it, but um, I was very fortunate enough in my comedy career early on to kind of get, you know, just like some tutelage by some guys that were ahead of me a little bit and just kind of learn the business side of things and uh oops turn off your phone peter you're recording a podcast quit be a fucking loser um um what was i gonna say just like i knew going into com and i'm gonna talk about fitness don't worry but i just wanted to start because you know my special's still hot it's still new it's still you know i still want people to keep watching it and sharing it that's the thing you guys with the algorithms, just like any other social media platform, Instagram, Facebook, blah, 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 um, the key is engagement. And engagement can take many forms. So engagement could mean comments. It could mean likes. And especially like in, in the sense of YouTube, comments, likes, shares, um, subscriptions, all those things help with the algorithm. And if enough people start doing those things, then eventually YouTube is like, hey, this is a hot piece of content. Um, and you know, they jump it up to like the featured page and stuff, you know, so, you know, it would be, it would be great. I'll be, I'm going to be 100% fucking real and authentic right now across Instagram, I have, I don't know, like 3,300 followers or something silly like that. Uh, yep, and then on Facebook, I'm around s- pretty much around the same uh, 
the same number, and then Twitter, I mean, I got kicked off of Twitter, so that fucking sucks, but whatever, so, like, my point is, you know, let's say, you know, 3,300 plus another 3,000, even though some of the people on Facebook and Instagram kind of, like, overlap, let's just say my reach on social media and across all the platforms is, like, 5,000 people, right? Let's just say, hypothetically. Of those 5,000 people, you know, each person that follows me, you know, they might have a reach of, you know, even if they have 200 people, you know, I'm, I'm being very modest. Obviously, I have, you know, famous friends and, you know, people that are famous that follow me and they have bigger followings and semi-famous and influencers and, you know, all that stuff. So, obviously, the people that follow the people that follow me, the numbers, of, I mean, it, it's millions, literally. So that's why it's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, man, if everybody that followed me, just the people that followed me would watch it, that would be 5,000 views. And you would got to think that if 5,000 people watched it, one, that's 5,000 people that get to know my story. But two, that's 5,000 people that will potentially like, share, comment, subscribe, and then that pushes my video to the top of the algorithm and then more and more thousands of people get to watch it and hear it and whatever and then that's how something goes viral you guys that's how it is I can't do it on my own you know and if you're listening to this chances are you've probably watched my special chances are you probably shared my special and I'm, I'm, I'm being 100% honest thank you so much to everybody that has there's a lot of people that haven't and that's fine, you know, it's it's free, you know what I mean? I put it out there for free because I wanted everyone to see it. I put it out there for free because I wanted it to still be relevant when I released it. Um, and I'm just proud of it. And, you know, I've talked about it, but it's, it's fucked up. But if I died, you know, I would want that to be out there. <laughs> I would. I want, I want, you know, I told my girlfriend a while ago, um, I was, I was, you know, I'm, I'm always, I'm not afraid of dying, I mean, I am, what am I talking about, I'm fucking terrified of dying, like, especially dying before I accomplish everything that I've set out to accomplish, that shit fucking terrifies me, it's the same reason why I don't have kids and anything yet, because it's just like, I'm just not, there's just certain things that I've wanted to accomplish in my life that I haven't accomplished yet. And so it's like, why would I want to bring kids in when I haven't even do the shit that I, I haven't even done the shit that I set out to do. So why would I start the next chapter of my life when I haven't even finished writing this chapter? You know what I mean? And I think that's hard for a lot of people to grasp is because, you know, they have kids and wives and husbands and, you know, in some cases, fucking grandkids, which is absolutely bonkers. I mean, I'm 42 years old. It's I'm not a fucking spring chicken anymore. I get it. But, like, I feel younger, I guess. Like, I don't know. Like, I always, you know, I, I know, and this is probably, you know, like a, sound like a broken record to some of you guys. But, but it's like, when I was in my 20s, and my, you know, like, when I was like 20, 21, and my dad was the age that I am now, because that's basically what it was, my dad was 20, yeah, and like when I was 21, my dad was like 42, right, is that right, my mom died when I was 20, she was 43, I was 20, 
Yeah. So, and I was about to be 21. Is that right? Yeah. And so my dad would have been 42. Okay, so when I was 20, my dad was 42. And so that's how old I am right now. And I just think about how, like, just how out of touch my dad was. And I'll be honest, I'm out of touch with some things. You know, like, I don't fucking know who some of these TikTok stars are and some of these YouTube stars are. But I know who's on the radio. You know what I mean? I know who is in television shows and movies. And, you know, I, I, I'll catch myself, you know, seeing a hot girl on a TV show or a movie and then going to IMDb and if she's hot enough, maybe following her on social or something, you know what I mean, like, uh, my dad did not know a lot of the pop culture that I do, and, like, yeah, do I like stuff that was popular when I was younger, you know, yeah, but my point is, is my perception of what my dad was at 42 is different than what my perception of what I am is at 42, like, I feel great, you guys, and, yeah, part of it is because I eat fucking really well part of it is because i work out all the fucking time i mean not all the time but you know i'm up every day at you know four o'clock four thirty depending on what day it is you know um but i just feel good you know but my point was i'm afraid of dying <laughs> that was what my real point was my first initial point I'm afraid of dying before I accomplish everything that I set out to accomplish. And I've, you know, maybe that's partly my fault for setting my goals so fucking high that it's taken me longer than I would have liked to accomplish them. But at the same time, it's like I had to aim high. You know, I, I grew up in the hood, you guys. I could have easily just been like, okay, well, I'm just going to get a job doing something that I don't really want to do and that's it but like I've known from a really young age that I wanted to be I mean for lack of better terms like famous I guess you know right and now fame is is different because it's this weird thing it's like what does that even mean anymore like you know I have people that are friends of mine that are famous and it's different now it's not like it and there's just it's not like it was 20 years ago, for example. Like, you know, 20 years ago, there's a handful of famous people. Now, there are so many fucking famous people. And they're famous for stuff. And, you know, we. I feel like 20 years ago, you know, when I was 20, 21, 22, people, you knew who all the famous people were, right? Even if you didn't follow them, you knew who they were. But now, we're just in this different era where, like, someone could be really famous and you won't fucking know who they are. <laughs> like, you know, I'll, I'll be somewhere and there'll be, you know, someone taking a picture with a YouTube star or whatever. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? And it's like, so yeah, maybe I'm a little out of touch. It's just different times. But anyway, my point was, I'll say it again. I just don't want to die before I accomplish everything. And it's a fucked up way to think, but it is what it is. So a while ago, you know, after we shot my special and everything and I was still in Oklahoma, I told my girlfriend, you know, if anything happens to me, I said, here's, <laughs> I gave her a list of people and I'm like, you need to contact this guy because he's got all my footage. You need to can't t contact this person, you know, because they were involved. You need to contact this person to help me get the word out. Like, I just wanted to make sure that my special got 
you know, edited and everything um, if something were to happen to me. Fuck that way of thinking, but, like, we're comics, you know, we kind of teeter on the dark side. I, you know, I have, you know, I've talked about it on here many times, but, like, you know, I have issues, man, and the, the older I get, the more I recognize those issues even more and recognize, you know, through therapy and through, you know, through talking about it on stage and, you know, says, I have a lot of stuff that, you know, <laughs> to be honest, probably fucked me up, you know, mentally, emotionally, um, but at the same time, like, taught me so many lessons and if I'm being 100% honest, I've been through shit that, like, would probably just completely break people and, you know, make, push them to be super addicted to a controlled substance or, you know, heaven forbid, kill themselves or, you know, whatever, you know. And that's my story. And that's my reality. That's my, you know, it is what it is. I don't expect everyone to understand it. I know what I've been through. I know, <laughs> you know, sadly, the abuse that I went through as a child and as an adolescent and as a very young adult, and that's my life. And, th and, and the fucked up thing is that I can't even recon reconcile any of that because my dad's dead and he's the one that inflicted most of that trauma, but, you know, it's, it's, it's weird because, you know, I also think and know that that's also part of the reason why I was never in a hurry to get married or have kids because I saw the way that my dad was not that I would be like that because you know for all I know and for everything that my therapist and other people have said I'm not going to be like my dad I'm not going to be <laughs> abusive and you know an addict and just all those things but because my brain, you know, is developed at, you know, when you're a child and you're growing and stuff like those things leave a lasting impact on you. And so I think I know that that's part of the reason why also I never wanted to rush into things. And I think that's hard for people to understand. You know, they, they just want me to get married and have kids. And it's like, well, dude, like... <laughs> Do you know how fucked up my childhood was? Like, I got all the love, you know, from my mom and my grandmother and my grandparents and, you know, the rest of my family and my brothers even. Like, you know, my brothers and I can tell you, like, we, you know, even though our childhood was fucked up, like, we have great memories, you know. One of the cool things of that's that's been cool about staying with my brother you know, I'm still staying with my brother. <laughs> the whole other story altogether um, was that we can kind of like, you know, just sit and think about things that like, you know, cool, just memories of like our childhood. Like, you know, wrestling on the bed and playing with wrestling toys or just watching movies or, you know, when I would take my little brothers to the movies or just like things, you know, like... Even though we had a fucked up childhood, we had a good childhood. It, it's weird, you know what I mean? And it's, it's the same thing. It's like, yeah, did I get abused and all that shit? Yeah, but I also got plenty of love, like I said, mostly from my mom. 
um, so there's a balance there and I think the good I hope <laughs> the good that I was brought into kind of shaped how I treat people and you know that's why I try to be nice to people you know I was telling a story the other day about how I kind of got in at the improv and you know I was training I was training at this gym in West Hollywood I was training you know my clients like I still do and uh different gym now because that one closed r.i.p because i don't i don't know just one of many businesses that was forced to close in la but um you know i'm nice to people and there was this older lady that worked there she was a trainer her name was sandy and i haven't you know i don't know what happened to her post pandemic but you know i hope she's doing well because she was a delight she was i want to say she was like in her 80s you know, f- she used to be like a professional dancer, but just the nicest lady. And, you know, I didn't talk to all the trainers that worked there because, you know, we're all independent trainers. So we don't like we didn't work like, quote unquote, together. We just rented space at the gym, you know, and but she was very friendly. And, you know, she and I eventually kind of became friendly, I guess, you know, and then uh, in that, you know, I would say hello to some of her clients and just like small talk, you know, nothing crazy. Um, and then lo and behold, one of her clients who I was nice to, um, was friends with, uh, one of the owners of the improv and got me an audition and I fucking crushed my audition. And then I got to perform at the improv and then I got to perform in Vegas at the improv and, it was cool, you know, and she had no idea if I was even funny, which is, that's the crazy thing, is she didn't know I was funny. She knew I was funny in real life, you know, in conversation and small talk, but she knew I was nice, and because I was funny and nice, she had something, you know, she knew somebody that was kind of powerful and introduced me and, you know, I didn't fucking know who this lady knew. I was just, I'm just nice. You know, just be nice. That definitely comes from my mom. (laughs) I mean, you know, the thing was, my dad was nice to people. Honestly. I think he was just mean to me. Maybe my brothers. Mainly me, though. And my mom. Like, we were kind of his punching bags. Both (laughs) literally and figuratively. And... I don't mean for this to be a therapy session, but I just, you know, it kind of frustrates me sometimes when people just, I can't pick, I can't, you know, my girl and I, that was what I was going to talk about. You know, we just, we were in Austin last weekend and uh, I had a blast. I had a blast and uh, it was, it was cool, dude. I had a fucking great time in Austin. And uh, it was it was my girl and I celebrating our seven year anniversary, and it's just like I can't post a picture of my girlfriend and I without somebody being like, "So when are you guys gonna get married?" And it's just like, like just my goals are your goals are not my goals, okay? My goals are this. I know what my goals are. My girl knows what my goals are. I know what her goals are. We have our relationship. We have our understanding, and you know. And maybe one day, (laughs) she's like, fuck this dude. But I I don't think that's the case. (laughs) 
we have a we have an understanding. She knows where I stand. She knows how I feel about her. She knows that, you know, if I was on HBO and I had my own series or whatever, like it might be, like we would be married by now, and I could take care of her. But I can't yet. So, you know, um. So anyway, <laughs> that was that. But um, I want to say I had a great time in Austin. Uh, fuck, man. It, it feels so good when I get to headline a comedy club. Like, it feels fucking good, dude. Because I know I've talked about it on here before, but there's just a different type of respect and, you know, that people give you when you're, when they know that you're the headliner, quote unquote. Like, you know, if you're the opener, even if you're good, because even when I was an MC, like, I was still pretty good, you know, not as good as I am now, but, you know, it is what it is, you know, I was still very solid, but people kind of dismiss you, you know, when you're the opener, you're like, oh, he's just the opener, you know, I, I get it, I knew it, and so that's why whenever I was hosting, I always came out fucking swinging, dude, like, I'm fucking doing this, you know, and a lot of times, you know, I would sell merchandise as a host and sell a lot of merchandise and you know the hosts you know MC whatever you want to call it isn't necessarily a slot where you sell merchandise but for me I'm like I'm fucking selling it because I ain't making shit on this fucking job I'm making as much money as I can on this fucking gig you know what I mean so anyway um, that's that but um, it just, you know, it was great because uh, headlining down there, um, I did the longest set that I've ever done ever in stand-up. It was like, and I want to say it was like, hold on, I can tell you right now, actually, it was an hour and six minutes of me doing stand-up, and it was fucking great, dude, like... It it was just, you know, to, to, to think about that first set that I ever had. The Comedy Store, August 29th, 2012. I think that's the date. I get, I get my, I forget my anniversary sometimes, but I'm pretty sure. Fuck, I fucked it up. August 30th. <laughs> Damn it. August 30th. 2012, my first set ever, my first attempt at doing stand-up. Now, you know, I was teaching group classes and stuff before then, so, and obviously, you know, I was, I performed before and done some improv, so, like, I kind of had, you know, a dip in stand-up, and I want to say, like, my first real quote-unquote stand-up would have been uh, at my buddy Eric, um, uh, my BFF, Eric Dunn, um, who's an avid listener of this podcast. <laughs> um, I was the best man in his wedding, and I don't know, what, what were we, like 22, I think, when he got, when he got married? Maybe 20, no, I think I was, I'm pretty sure I was 22 when he got married. Um, yeah, cause me and my ex, 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 
we were still together, but not for much longer than after the wedding, but maybe like another year. No, fuck, I don't know. Anyway, my point is I had to do the best band speech, and I, you know, I had written it out, but like I didn't use, like I used some of the stuff that I wrote, but I didn't read off of the thing. I just, you know, I wrote it to kind of be prepared, but, you know, I said something, I don't remember what I said, something about, like, I think the only reason that Eric picked me out of all his friends was because he knew that I would be the only one to show up to the church on time, or something like that, and it was funny, and I knew that was funny, I knew that was a joke, but it got laughs, but that was probably, like, my first actual appearance doing stand-up. I mean, the rest of it was kind of serious, so. <laughs> but anyway, the point being, you know, I did I did my longest set in stand-up last weekend. And so to think of the fact that, you know, I started August 30th, 2012 with a six-minute set to now I did a set that was an hour and six minutes. And I left a lot of stuff out. Like, it wasn't like I just told every single joke that I've ever told. And, like, no, because got, I've got hours of material now. And that's a gift. I don't know about gift, but, like, that's a thing that, like, you're like, oh, yeah. Like, I've, I still have so much further to go and stand up, obviously. But to see the strides that I've made and to see how far I've come and what I'm able to do and now that I get to headline in certain places, how I kind of get to craft, you know, my quote-unquote, my act, and how I get to take the audience on this ride with me and tell them a story about who I am and where I come from. And, you know, like, I don't really talk about current events. I mean, I kind of talk about COVID because we're still in it and because my experience is very unique during this thing. But, like... You know, I talk about my dad and my girlfriend and doing shit in the country and, you know, but like, I just have this huge repertoire now of stuff, like I said, like, basically of bullets that I can use and I, I don't have to necessarily fire all the bullets and still, you know, do a good job and it was just, it was really cool. It was a career milestone for me, so I was very excited about that and, uh, you know, then we went to Austin, and it's just like, fuck, dude, like, I really like Austin, <laughs> and with everything that's happening and not happening in LA right now, you know, it's one of those things where the grass is always greener on the other side, right, and, you know, I told, I told you guys this, you know, months ago, but, you know, when I was knowing that I wasn't going to stay in Oklahoma, you know, Austin was kind of one of the places I was considering going to because of the stand-up boom. And going back last weekend, it was like, fuck, man, did I make the right decision? <laughs> like, it's weird, you know, because I've, I've come back to L.A. and it's not like everyone's like, oh, my God, you're back. Like, thank God. Like, it's actually, I think I said it you know, last week, but it's like, it's kind of the opposite. It's almost like, it's not starting over, but in a sense, it kind of is, because, you know, for a lot of things, I, I'm out of sight, you know, so it's it's not, it's to the point now where, like, maybe people aren't asking me to do their shows, I have to ask them, which, 
you know, it's kind of annoying, but it is what it is, you know. And I don't mind, but, like, it would be nicer <laughs> if I didn't have to ask. Um, but, it, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, like I said, going to Austin, thinking about, like, should I be there? I don't know. You know, only time would tell if I made the right decision. And, yeah, I could always go to Austin. You know, I'm still going to... I still have shit that I need to do in L.A. And I, I, in a perfect world, this is where I'll be. But, you know, you never know. I'm, I'm not closing myself off to the possibilities. Because the possibilities in Austin are gigantic. And it would be a cool thing to experience. But, you know, we'll see. But w- what got me really was, like, just the fact that they're so open. You know, everything's open. You know, you come to L.A. and everyone's yelling at you about fucking masks and keep your mask above your nose, sir, and it's just like, fuck, dude, like, I'm done with it, go somewhere else, okay, I, I, I implore, if you're in LA right now, or in San Francisco, or a city where you fucking still can't do most of the things, just go to another place where they've eased the restrictions, and see how <laughs> how normal everything seems to be everywhere else. You know, when we went to Austin and it was like, you know, there was parties. We went, you know, there it was it was the championship weekend. So, you know, the NFC and AFC championship games are on. The bars are off the hook. The comedy clubs are popping. Like, restaurants are off the hook. There's food everywhere. There's people everywhere. Yeah, like, you just see a handful of people wearing masks. Yeah, but like, you know... Asher and I went to this, like, we didn't mean to go to this, like, bar, but we ended up there <laughs> because that's what, w- there's this burger place that I've been hearing about, Golden Tiger in Austin, which is fucking really good, by the way. Um, not sure if it's in my top five, but it's close, but when you're stoned, which I was, it was fucking delicious, <laughs> but it's like... I thought it was a restaurant, and it it's not. It's a food truck that's in the back of, like, a club. Not, not really a club, more like a bar slash, I don't even know, dude. Like, it was this trendy, like, hipster bar. And then they have this back patio, and in this back patio, there's this fucking food truck that makes these amazing fucking burgers. And so we're sitting there. Or we, we just went for and luckily, you know, we were still dressed because I think, yeah, because I hadn't had my show, so we were still, like, in clothes, but had we not known that, we might have, you know, gone in just, like, our, like, sweats and stuff, and we would have been very underdressed, but luckily, we weren't, but it was just, like, we're, like, dude, we can't do this in L.A., like, in L.A., I mean, you can, but you need to have your mask on, you need to show your vaccine card, and all this shit, and Give me 10 minutes, buddy, okay? I'm almost done. You want to say hi? Okay. Um, my nephew. <laughs> and uh, it was just like, everything is so open. And, you know, yeah, COVID's, just, COVID's still a thing, but, like, they're not living their lives in fear. Like, they've all gone back to their lives. And I wish fucking people in L.A. would do that because it's making it, not unbearable, but, like, it's making me think, like, fuck, man, maybe I should have gone to Austin first, 
and then went back to LA or I mean I don't know dude like it's it's really bother like I fuck you guys at at MedMen the other day which is a marijuana place that I deliver for uh a couple of days a week <laughs> there was this huge argument fight with uh, a customer that didn't want to pull his mask up above his nose and this and that and it's just like it, this whole thing was blown out of proportion and it's just like you know people come into the store with masks and gloves on and two masks on and it's like what are you doing dude if you didn't watch the news okay you wouldn't fucking know that this was a thing you wouldn't be fucking wearing gloves like a fucking idiot why the fuck are you wearing gloves dude this is we're two years into this now gloves aren't gonna fucking help you do anything just make you look like a fucking idiot Okay, two masks. Get the fuck out of here, dude. The girl from the CDC already went on CNN and said that cloth masks don't fucking work. Do N95 masks help stop the spread? Yeah, maybe a little. But you know what else fucking stops the spread? Just fucking being healthy and having a strong immune system that's strong enough to fight shit off. Dude, I've been saying this for fucking two years. I sound like a fucking broken record. But my point is, like, people in L.A. have just gone so bonkers. Their identity now revolves around this fucking virus that, you know, yes, people die. Yeah, dude, I get it. But, like, what is it, like, less than 1%? Fuck, dude. This whole time. And so, you know, L.A. is just... Like I said, I went to fucking Baja Fresh. Baja Fresh. Okay? It's Mexican, kind of, you know. I went to get a bowl. I fucking walk into the store. No problem. I walk up to the fucking... The counter. They got glass plexiglass on the counter still. I order my food. You're going to be dining in or taking this to go? I'm going to be dining here. Can I see your vaccine card? I'm like, I've already been in the fucking store. <laughs> like, I'm already in here. I'm already here. If you wanted my vaccine card, you should have fucking asked me for it before I came in. Because now, if that's really something you're worried about, I fucking spread this shit all over this fucking store. Okay? You're being a fucking idiot. These precautions... Fuck, dude. It's so frustrating. LA is so frustrating. And, you know, it is what it is. And on top of that, you know, rent prices are just fucking through the roof. You know, I'm looking at places and I've called, I don't know, 15 places or so. Not one place has called me back. Like, I don't understand. Do you want to rent out a fucking place or not? (laughs) Why do you have a number listed if you're not going to fucking return a call? I don't know, man. That's all. I'm ranting now, and I'm just upset. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, had a great time in Austin, and honestly, if LA doesn't quit fucking around, I may end up moving there. I don't fucking know, dude. Okay? Anyway, um, that's that. We are, uh, you know, what, six weeks into the new year now, basically? Uh, five weeks. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, basically six weeks. And, you know, I, uh, I I shared my goals with you guys last week, or last episode, which is not last week. I'm sorry. I fucked up again. I had a guest, again, um, 
so you know I, I, my schedule's so crazy and chaotic that if I have an interview lined up and it doesn't work out, mm, chances are you might not get the podcast for a few more days or a week, and it just is what it is. I'm gonna try to be better, but you know it is what it is, man. I'm really busy these days. I can tell you this: I've got two guests lined up next week, so. You're going to get an episode next week, and then you might get two, or I might just save one for the next week. I don't know, man. I've got people lined up that say they want to come on, and then it sh- shit always happens. So, uh, I'm training for this marathon, and this time around, it's a lot more difficult than it was. The l- I mean, I don't know. Like, I think it's more difficult because, like, I know what I'm like what the expectations are and what I was able to accomplish in the last one but like also you know I talk about I used to talk about it to, to people all the time you know r- running a marathon is fucked up on your body man and it's not good on your knees it's not good on your muscles and it's it's not I don't recommend it I, I, I mean I, I always invite people to welcome the challenge and come train and do it with us because there's nothing like crossing the finish line you know, when you do a marathon, the fucking, just a sense of accomplishment and whatnot, but, um, you know, my knees are still, they're still a little off, (laughs) I don't know what it is, man, but, like, when I run lately, it really starts to get painful when I really start to get, you know, to those later miles, and I'm, you know, I'm just hoping, you know, knock on wood, that's me knocking on wood, that uh, I can kind of hold up, you know, and, you know, have myself ready for this fucking marathon, because the last couple of long runs, like, I did 15 on Sunday, and my knees were really barking at me, but what was weird is that they were barking at me, but then once I was done, I felt fine, like, you know, so hopefully I can just keep stretching and foam rolling, and I'll be okay, but... I don't know, man. I'm doing my best, but, you know, we're six weeks away, basically, from me doing it again. I'm excited. I'm excited to 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 lace it up again with my fellow Latino all-star runners, uh, my Latino media all-star runners, and just, you know, fucking go back out there. You know, hopefully the weather is good. You know, it's been pretty good lately. It's not easy, but I'm very excited. One of the things I wanted to talk about is just like in this marathon training, you guys, especially like at the point where I am now so far along in my training and how many miles I end up running every week on top of the workouts that I'm already doing, I need so much food just to maintain myself. And it's really crazy. It's I mean, it's cool, but it's also like, fuck, dude. Because, like, I can feel the difference between when I don't eat enough and how my body is, like, not recovering in a, in a, in a decent amount of time versus when I get enough food and my muscles recover. But also, there's a fine line. But when I get too much food and my body's like, hey, asshole, what the fuck are you doing? So, uh, it's been cool though, because I, I, I don't have to be as strict on my diet, which is very enjoyable (laughs) and I still have abs. So if you want abs, train for a marathon and you can kind of eat whatever you want. But the thing is, I don't eat whatever I want all the time, but like 
you know, if I want to go here, I'll go there. And if I want to go there, I'll go there. And I have it, and I'm not affected by it because I'm running so much, you know. So, I don't know. It was a sort of advice, man. If you want to have abs and eat whatever you want, maybe train for a marathon. But, like, really train for it. I don't know. That's all. You can follow my logic or not. Um, but I'm excited. You know, I'm still pushing. I'm still doing my other workouts, you know. And, you know, it's kind of been a bummer that my schedule is kind of erratic because, you know, one thing, too, being back in L.A. is I miss some of the fitness studios that I used to go to and talk about on here. You know, I haven't been boxing yet. I haven't gone to hot yoga yet. And that's because they closed my favorite studio. There's still one in Silver Lake, but Silver Lake is just so fucking far. Um, but, you know, hopefully I'll go because Aerie, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, she's my favorite instructor and that's the place that she teaches, but it's just so far. So, you know, but I hopefully, you know, I can get back into all those places again. I kind of think that once I'm done with this marathon, with this one, I'm going to put the marathon shoes away for a while <laughs> and uh, then I can start incorporating because that's really the thing. It's just like, Marathon training is so time-consuming. You know, you can you need you need to set aside an hour here, three hours there. You know, two and a half hours here. That's that's a lot for people. You know, it really is. Um, I was able to carve out a really nice path when I was in Austin. I, I found a path. I just kept running. That's what, and that's one thing too I like about Austin too. There's a lot of like bike trails and uh, running paths and stuff. And it's like LA doesn't really have that. And it sucks because it's such a city that, or, I mean, people are so active, you know, everyone works out, there's boutique studios everywhere, but it's not like a place like Seattle that has, like, fucking, you know, I don't know if I've talked about it on here, but, you know, when Ashton and I went to Seattle, we rented bikes, and we fucking rode for, like, you know, I don't know, like, 30-something miles, like, you can just drive around, the, you can, there's bike trails everywhere, and we biked around that whole fucking town, and then, we went to Vancouver like a couple of days later and we biked around there and it's beautiful. You know, it's green, there's trees, there's parks. And, you know, I wish LA had that, you know, and Austin has a lot of bike trails. So I, I ran, I didn't know where I was running. I just knew I needed to run like, I think I needed to run like 14 miles when I was in Austin. And I just, I ran and then eventually I ended up running and stumbling across a path and I was like, okay, cool, sweet. Well, there we go, you know, and that would never happen in L.A. because it's stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. Um, so I don't really know what my point was other than I found a cool running trail and marathon training has allowed me to kind of not have to worry about what I'm eating so much. If I want a bad meal, I have it and it doesn't affect me negatively. Now, you guys, I can't necessarily say that. You might have a bad meal, and it might affect you negatively. So if you don't want that to happen, train for a marathon or just work out a fucking lot, okay? Uh, you know, I laid my goals out for you guys. I shared them with you guys. Eric was nice enough to invite me to Cancun, but as people know, my girlfriend does watermelons in the summertime, so... Taking a vacation in the summer is almost impossible unless it's before watermelons or after watermelons. And don't worry, when watermelons are over, Ashton and I are going to quite a few places, but that's partially because I'm still going to be on tour. Um, I've got a lot of dates coming up, you guys. <laughs> a lot. Some of them I can't quite announce yet because I want to kind of announce them all together. But what I can tell you is that this weekend... 
I will be um, headlining again. You're welcome. See, I'm getting headline gigs, you guys. Uh, I got to go to Canada to get them, but I'm getting them. I'll be headlining uh, Good Times Comedy Club in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, this weekend, Friday and Saturday. I've never been. Don't know what to expect. Um, I don't even know what's going on with the COVID protocols. All I know is that I got a ticket and I'm going and I got a gig and I'm going. So uh, if you happen to know anybody in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, have them come see me. Um, I got a bunch of other stuff, but that's all I'm going to promote for now. Um, Keep pushing forward, you guys. I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. I'm going to, you know. It is what it is. Like I said, it's going to keep growing. I, I do have some really exciting guests. I know I keep saying that, but I really do. <laughs> um, so look out for that over the next few weeks. Um, we're back, you guys, and I'm fucking ready. So uh, thanks for listening to the camera at 10 pounds, guys. I will see you guys next time. Peace out.